Sing it, Zach and Kelly. My wife wrote that song. That's a good song. I like it. I like it. That's I want to live song. the old time way. Amen. What is the old time way anyway? The Bible way. Yes, sir. Everybody wants to live this. Well, I won't say everybody. A lot of people want to live this new cart religion. And as a rabbit, I could chase right there, too. We are off to quite a start, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody, again to the podcast, episode number one. Hundred of this podcast. Wow. Wow. I never thought we'd ever get to a hundred. I never dreamed we'd get to a hundred. And I never dreamed we'd have the following that we have either. We've had a hundred episodes, a ton of special guests from around the country. We've been listened to by every state in over thirty countries. That's that that's is tremendous. really unbelievable. Thank you to our audience for making this possible thank you so much it's your feedback and your listens that have drove us to keep going even when our schedules wouldn't hardly allow it stay tuned for the end of the episode today there's going to be a special big announcement after our topic that me and welcome back todd hatcher to the podcast again thank you it's an honor for you to be on number 100 i'm honored to be a part of the 100th episode and second week in a row second and an honorary p on a honorary P. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> but I'm telling you what, I appreciate our audience. I'm telling you, I am. Why Why do we claim to be a holiness podcast? Simple answer. We're a part of the independent holiness Trinitarian people and proud to be. Y'all are the best people on earth. Thank you for everything that you've done. Thank you for your live feedback. Thank you for everything you've done to help us get to 100. We've dealt with so many Topics in the past 99 episodes. I can't even remember them all. I, I could read off the list, but just go back and look. We've dealt with all kinds. I've had so many preachers on, I don't even remember all their names. I mean, there are all kinds of them on there. Great, great men. Great friends. But I know today we're going to give a small portion of time to a tremendously large subject. Yeah. It's going to be difficult. Yeah. But we're going to hit the highlights of the deity of Christ. Now, deity meaning Jesus is the Son of God. And this topic can only open up to so many avenues. I can't even name them all. Avenues like the triunity of the Godhead, the internal sonship of Christ, the impeccability of Christ, the co-equalness of Christ, the hypostatic union of Christ, and so Many more, unbelievable, so many more topics, and we are not Bible scholars by no mean, no means are we any Bible scholars, and we don't have what could take years to dive into all these subjects, but we're going to hit some highlights of these things and hopefully bring some clarity to them and hopefully to someone and preach some truth today in a subject that is being attacked all over this world. It was in Jesus's ministry, and it still is today. Because, Brother Todd, to have a misunderstanding of who Jesus is is absolutely fatal to a person's life. Jesus is the most important doctrine anybody must know. Amen to that. I think the deity of Christ is uh, one of those you mentioned that 
He is the Son of God. And I love this reciprocal of that. He is God the Son. And that's what deity uh, encompasses in just a few short words. Um, I would say this, when it comes down to the deity of Christ, obviously we're talking about theology, theology proper, the study of God. And I would say this, that any theology without Christology at the center is a false theology. Because the truth of the matter is, every religion has theology. But the thing that separates Christianity from every other theology is Christology. And there's only one thing, scripturally speaking, that separates being led into truth from being deceived into error, and that is what you believe about Jesus Christ. And I, I would say this, it's not just, notice that I did not say simply that you believe in Jesus Christ, but it's what you believe about Jesus Christ. I think James sums it up as good as can be done. He says, thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. Yeah. He said the devils also believe right, and, tremble. and tremble. And so that is to say it's not enough just to believe in the existence of the historical Jesus, uh, that he walked the dusty roads of Nazareth 2,000 years ago. That is as well a grounded and established historical fact as any other ancient uh, truth and historical reality that there is. There is no doubt about it that Jesus Christ did walk uh, 2,000 years ago on this earth. The difference is, as 1 John chapter 4 declares, do you believe that when Jesus Christ walked on the earth that he was, in fact, God manifest in the flesh? And that's what separates Christianity from every other religion is the belief that Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And that's not all. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. Yes. And so it's not only the difference between Christianity and every other religion, but it is the difference between the spirit of God and the spirit of Antichrist. And Paul wrote to us in 2 Corinthians 11, For he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached. Or if you receive another spirit which we have not received, or another gospel which you have not accepted, that you might bear well with them. He was scared for the Corinthian church that somebody would come and happily preach to them and they would happily accept another Jesus. He was scared of their gullibility to accept another doctrine. And he told them. And he told even again in Galatians 1. Oh, yes. He yes. said, but though we or an angel from heaven preach another gospel unto you than what we have already preached, let him be accursed. Now we say unto you again, if any man preach another gospel unto you that we have received, let him be accursed. Paul was trying to guard his converts, just like a good father guards his children, so he could present them in purity to Jesus. He was afraid of them, just like Eve was deceived by the serpent 
that they would be led astray into false doctrine. And ain't that exactly what people are doing? They're changing who Jesus was into a different Jesus, sure. another Jesus, because all we're going we're getting ready to talk about it. There's Jesuses and all kinds of different doctrines. Right. And but they, the most important thing you have to know is who the Jesus of the Bible is. There's the yeah. catcher. Yes. Because it's the Jesus of the Bible that's going right. to judge you. For the Father hath committed all judgment unto the Son. And mm-hmm. so Jesus is the judge, and it's the Jesus of the Bible yep. is the one that's going to judge you. So you have to know who he is. And that's what's so dangerous about all of these other false Christs, if you will, is that a lot of these other religions, they have a very high opinion of Jesus. And, yes. and we're I think we're going to get into some of these religions in particular. We'll, we'll talk about the Mormons, but they use the King James translation. Just like we do. But they're certainly, as we'll get into preaching another Jesus, and it, you had mentioned they're changing the Jesus. The deception, is it's more subtle and more sinister than that even, and they are changing him. But it's actually by adding things, right? The Book of Mormon is another testament right. of Jesus Christ. And so by adding to the this Jesus, they're actually subtracting from his deity, and you already mentioned that they read. I mean, we might as well just dive into Mormonism for a Let's second. Go. <laughs> I mean, we're already talking about false Jesuses. And, you know, they do read the King James Version Bible, but it's only one of many books that they read. And actually, I read where there's a quote in the Mormon Bible mm-hmm. that the Bible is not the final authority. You, as a matter of fact, I have that quote right here, straight from the Book of Mormon. It says this, and I quote, Thou fool that shall say, a Bible. We have got a Bible, and we need no more Bible. And what he is saying is, if you believe that the Word of God is sufficient, you're a fool. Well, I'd like to say, if you don't believe that the Word of God is sufficient, that's the fool. And so they use the King James Version, and then they add the Book of Mormon. Well, it's amazing how that takes place, and I frankly think that yeah, the devil kind of tells on himself right there yeah. in light of Galatians chapter yeah, 1. Another testament. Yeah, another testament. Any other gospel mm-hmm. than that which you have also received. Here's the story, and I'll be brief about it. Joseph Smith, who was actually historically an illiterate person, yeah. had this vision in 1823. And it's also interesting to note that he had been arrested dozens of times. Yeah, that's true. He was not a perfect little innocent citizen. Yeah. Yeah, but supposedly this angel by the name of Moroni came and said, you are now God's representation to restore God's church. You are the chosen to restore God's church. 1823. That's right. And so so he has these visions. uh, The Book of Mormon comes about. They have the pearl of great price and doctrines and covenants. And so some of the more sinister and subtle uh, teachings of Mormonism. Also, is don't actually, forget to say that God had to give him special glasses <laughs> to read that as well. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. I, I had not heard that before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can read in his account that he couldn't read it himself. He had to have special glasses from God to oh, read the testaments that was yeah. given to him by Moroni. So, isn't it isn't it amazing though that 
two thousand years yeah. before everybody's wrong till now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, God's saying, "I forgot something. I need yeah. to tell." Just we're uh, we're on the heels of the yeah. Great Awakening, okay? And God forgot to tell us something, so we need another testament. And it's interesting to note that the another testament they they refer to it. As the it's it's the second Bible basically, yeah. It's but a it fuller is, revelation of Jesus Christ yeah. over the first one, right? Because he said right there, "You're a fool if you believe that the Bible is enough." And yet, right there in Galatians, Paul the apostle, anointing of the Holy Ghost, said, "But though we or an angel yeah. from heaven, he knew isn't what was that coming. amazing." And, and I don't want to get too sidetracked, but I do want to link these up right yeah. here. Not yeah. only was Mormonism. Started by a vision from an angel, you know, apparently, but also Muhammad, he was born in 570 AD. They teach that he had a vision from Gabriel the angel. And that's also how they bring it about is not that we don't believe things in the Bible, it's just that the Bible isn't the full revelation. Yeah. And so it's amazing. But back to Mormonism quickly here. Yeah. Tell, in light tell of Christ, us some of the differences of Jesus that they believe. Yes, absolutely. One one of the things that they believe is that Jesus was a created being. Yeah. And the way that that came about was that God had well, God procreated Jesus through relationships with spirit wives, which yeah. is you know, it kind of goes back it's unbelievable. It kind of goes back to the questions the Sadducees asked Jesus about the resurrection, right? Which they didn't even believe in the resurrection, and they were trying to trip him up. They gave the example of this woman had seven husbands because one after the other kept dying. And they said, well, whose wife shall she be in the resurrection? Yeah. What did Jesus say? He said, you do err, not knowing the scriptures. And I submit today that every false religion that has ever existed has been because that they err not knowing the scriptures. The deception of it is, is that it's the game of the devil all the way back from the, okay, the law of first mention in the beginning. He takes a portion of the word of God and then twists it or adds to it. That's what the devil did in the garden. Yea, hath God said, you shall not eat, neither shall you touch it. Well, what did he do there? He changed it by adding. And by adding, he separated. He he subtracted God's goodness. So that that's what happens. At any rate, back to the Mormons and Christ being a created being, you know, the Bible says that God is a spirit. And so that's what he got into with the Sadducees that day, is that there'll be no marriage relations like that uh in the in the world that is to come. And so they posit that God had relations with spirit women. And in fact, Whenever the believers in the more uh, Mormon believers, let's say, when they die, they become as gods and rule yeah. over their own planets and and so forth. Yeah, that's what Joseph Smith taught in exaltation doctrine. Okay, yeah, that there's three heavens, and once you get to that third heaven, you're with God. He places you over a god as your over your own planet. So mm -hmm. by that same theology. Then the God we serve as Elohim used to just be a mortal man walking about another planet. And so in that exaltation doctrine, I've actually got a quote here of Joseph Smith. He said, you have got to learn how to be God yourselves mm. as all gods have done before you. Wow. And through his second man, Brigham Young, who was the second Mormon prophet, he'd done exactly the same thing. And he said, Jesus is our brother who points to heaven. This mm. is what he said, but not the way to heaven. Oh, my. 
Well, and then and one other thing we can tie up the the Mormonism here. Yeah, we could go a long that, time probably oh, on yeah, this doctrine. Easily. But it's not just only, a few things, right? Not only do they teach that he's a created being, but they don't believe he's the only begotten Son of God, which is testified to. I mean, the most famous scripture in all the Bible, John three sixteen, God so loved the yeah. world that he gave his only begotten Son. He is the only begotten of the Father. Not so in the Mormon religion. Yeah. They believe that Jesus had brothers. And one of his brothers was well, named Lucifer. Yep, Lucifer. So they believe yep. that the devil was his brother. I don't believe that Jesus is created. I believe that he is God yep. manifest in the flesh. He is created. It was an immaculate conception because of Mary. It was because the Holy Ghost overshadowed a virgin girl, and we have the incarnation of God manifest in yep. the flesh. And we beheld his glory. I refuse to take away from it. There's today. a lot we could say about Mormonism, but we've got a few other places to go here today. I was listening to a man, and he was debating somebody about Mormonism. And he was like, you know what? I asked God, show me if it's real. Show me if Joseph Smith is real. Show me, show me. He said, and I feel a burning in my heart that it's real. And the guy that was witnessing to him, the Christian man, he said, take a tums. That ain't God. <laughs> I thought that was great. You know, just because, like you said on the previous episode, our emotions sometimes can lead us into falsehood, we have got to go by the Scripture and nothing else. And you can also mention the Jehovah's Witnesses. They also teach that Jesus is, now he's the highest created being of God, but therein mm -hmm. lies the problem. The devil's always in the details. He is a created being. That's, yeah. He is not. A creation. He is the creator, and we'll so the talk next about time that later. The next time Jehovah's Witnesses knock on your door, and they're like, "I want to talk to you." Just if you don't know, then tell them this: they reject the Trinity. They also don't believe in hell. They believe in an, an annihilation doctrine that when we die, we're just annihilated. We're just done. And they also say that Jesus is not coequal with God or deity. He is not the Son of God. They believe, and now you can look all this stuff up on JW.org. You passed by Kingdom Hall, they'll even tell you to look on there. You can look this up, you can study it. They believe that Michael, the archangel, the highest created being of God, which, you know, when you study, Lucifer is was the highest angel of all. Um, but anyways, the first creation of God, who was renamed Jesus only during his earthly ministry, who died on a cross but did not resurrect physically but just spiritually, and now he's Michael the Archangel again in heaven. And there's a lot of more crazy things you can say about Jehovah's Witness. They have a lot of different ridiculous teachings of who Jesus is to deceive people, but they have a humongous evangelistic program. They have a magazine they put out. They have programs. They door knock more than any other doctrine, but they're preaching and believing a false Christ. Absolutely, and it, it goes back to what we're saying the whole time. They're adding to the gospel of Christ by subtracting from his deity. And notice they all have a high opinion of Jesus, but just like I said at the beginning, it matters not just that you believe in Jesus, but what you believe about Jesus. You know, and you can talk about uh, other things like, well, the Jehovah's Witness are monotheistic. They believe that there's one God. The Muslims believe that there is one God, Allah. The rub comes when you state as a Christian that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is God the Son. And there's other doctrines that teach, well, that's polytheism. No, it's not. Polytheism is the belief that there are many gods. 
No, the Bible teaches, O hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. There is one God and Father of all, one Lord Jesus Christ, one Spirit. But here's the thing. First John, what is it, chapter 5, that says that there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And that's just when they, when Muslims or Jehovah's Witnesses or even maybe the, the uh, Unitarians, the UPC might say, well, that's polytheism. You believe in more than one God. No. Or they'll even get more specific and call us tritheistic, mm-hmm. that right. we believe in three gods because we say we're Trinity. That is a fundamental misunderstanding of yeah, what the doctrine of the Trinity is. We do not teach that God is three beings. We teach that God is one being existent in three persons. The Bible teaches that. The Bible teaches that. (laughs) Well said. Uh, And those three persons in that one being are coexistent, co-eternal, and co-equal. Yes. Amen. Preach it. Preach it. Preach it. Preach it. Notice in that verse that you was talking about in 1 John 5 and 7, it talks about in these three are one. Right. Not as one is teach, as one. They are one that's three that's persons in one Being. god yes one god and you know what the most famous verse that brother todd already alluded to hero israel the lord our god is one lord you look up oneness beliefs in some of their doctrines and they'll go to that scripture just right now they'll just go to it right now well that word one in the hebrew is the word ekod which means united it's a compound unity of two or more and it's found 739 times in your Bible. And the Hebrew word for the literal one is akod, which is used differently than ekod. And so we have to look at the Bible. It teaches us that there is more than one person in God. We believe in one God. That is true. Right. If we don't, then, we, then we're what they say we are. We're tritheistic if we believe in three gods. And if right. we believe in three gods... Then we're no different than a Hindu. They believe in millions of gods. Six well, million or if more, it's more yeah. than one, then you're wrong. And let me just say real quick, we'll highlight Hinduism. They don't mind you saying they're one of the religions that don't mind you saying Jesus, that Jesus is, God. is a God. Yeah, a God. Jesus is not God because that's too exclusive. But Jesus is a God, and so that's a that's God where, of millions. And yep. you know, I I just say millions because I've read six, I've read three hundred and thirty, I've read I've read thirty million, I've read thirty three, I've read three. <laughs> I was just looking at Hinduism wow. the other day, and I could I couldn't get a solid number. Sure. Yeah. So I I just decided I'm just going to say millions. Yeah. Yeah. Because lots of millions. it don't matter where you look; everybody's got a different number. But it don't matter. More than one, you're wrong. Yep. The Bible doesn't teach more than one God, but it does teach three. What do you say? Co-equal, co-existent, and co-eternal persons of the Godhead. We have to understand that. Amen. Now, notice the word Trinity is not found in Scripture. But neither is incarnation. Oh, that's easy. Neither is rapture. (laughs) Neither is Bible. Yeah, neither is Bible. (laughs) And, you know, in in a oneness person might want to use this, but neither is omniscience, neither is omnipresence. Neither is Old Testament or New Testament. do Do we strip God of his attributes just because they're not named in Scripture? And, for example, if you want to use that same argument, you know, as, and maybe a oneness person may use that. Use this for ammo. If they applied that same argument to their own system of theology, it would completely disappear because the words oneness ain't in the Bible, apostolic, modalism. Where are you going to find that? 
Where are you going to find that? I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, the word Trinity may not be in the Bible, but the doctrine of the Trinity certainly is. And I like what one man said. He said, to try and explain the Trinity is to lose your mind, but to try to explain him away is to lose your soul. Wow, that's great. And you know, I've heard the argument, Brother Todd, that Trinity is a man-made religion. It's a thought that came in somewhere in history and they threw out some dates. That's not true. Right. The doctrine of Trinity is from the Word of God. It wasn't a man-made religion. We're not just making it up or going by some man. But you know, the same ones that say that, there did come from a man-made religion. You can trace oneness doctrine, modalism, all the way back to Sabalius around the 220 A.D. He vehemently denied the Christian doctrine of the Trinity. He said that God manifested himself in different modes. And there's a lot of words we could say there. And uh, he talked about different things. But he taught that Christ was actually the Father and dwelling a physical body. So that Jesus was not the second person of the Godhead, but he was God the Father in the mode of the Son. And so he taught that God became his own Son, and the Son eventually became his own Father. I can't really say that without laughing. Uh, it's just it's unbelievable to even think. And there are even some through time that teach that he was one person who appeared in the Old Testament as the Father. He appeared in the Gospels as the Son, and now he appears to the church as the Holy Ghost. Me and Brother Donnie talked about that. If he's only the Holy Ghost now and there's no Son, then you can't be saved. So that don't make no sense. They taught that God revealed himself as a Father in creation, Son in redemption, Holy Ghost in regeneration. That don't make no sense. And so, you know, to the Trinitarian, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are who God is. Right. And so Sabalius is teaching. They were shot down quickly. and uh, But that spirit of modalism was revived, no doubt, from the spirit of hell. And modalism is God alone, Jesus. Jesus is God alone, working in three modes, or three masks, if you will. And when he's the Son, the Father ain't working, the Spirit ain't working. When he's the Father, the Son, the Spirit ain't working, and all of that. And then actually in the early 1900s, when Azusa Street was going on, there was a man named R.E. McAllister who was a man who read Acts 2.38 and preached it as a salvation process. And so not only do they got Jesus wrong, but they preach a salvation process that you got to have repentance, water, and tongues to be saved. And so obviously they take away the blood of Christ. They don't even believe in the right Christ. So it's just, it's just all... All wrong. And then here come a friend named John Scheif that jumped on the bandwagon with him. He claimed to actually have a revelation from God. Remember, any other angel, anybody else preach you, right. it's wrong. And they, you know, the assemblies of God, their Trinitarian beliefs, they kicked them out. You know, I'm flying through details here, but they started the UPCI that started around the 1940s. And even now, David Bernard, the superintendent of the UPCI, I've listened to him many times trying to learn their doctrine so I can you know, go against it. And he'll tell you, Jesus is God, the father, son, and spirit. And he'll tell you as Jesus father sent himself in spirit to conceive himself through Mary as the son of himself, the son of God. Now take that and say that five times fast. That don't make no sense. Oneness doctrine preaches another Jesus, a different God. Oneness doctrine is just as wrong and is just as harmful and is just as damnable as Hinduism Islam, or anything else. Truly grabbing oneness doctrine. Now, you know, I know, and I've already said it, there's probably people that don't really truly know the doctrine and they just hear Jesus and they get saved. But when somebody adapts to this Jesus they're preaching, 
Right. It ain't the Jesus That's of the Bible. Jesus. That's another Jesus. Because it matters not just that you believe in Jesus. And Brother Donnie already alluded to it. what you believe it. about Jesus. He alluded to it in another episode. If you can believe another Jesus, then you can be a sodomite and go to heaven. Because you have to believe what the Bible says. That's right. And so there's a lot we could say, Brother Todd. We could throw out literally hundreds of scriptures about the Trinity. We could do that. Just look it up. Look it up for yourself. The Trinity's right. We could go into more things about false doctrine. We've already 30 minutes into this podcast. We've got to get going here. There's a whole lot more we could say. We could literally be on here forever talking about this stuff. But we brought all of this up for one reason. And that one of those reasons is, obviously, you have to know who Jesus is. You have to have the right biblical doctrine in your life. But here's the burden of our heart, is we need to be able to defend what's right. And if somebody, for example, comes up to you and they're Mormon or they're Jehovah's Witness or maybe they're atheist or maybe they don't even know what they are or Muslim or whatever, it's our duty as a Christian to try to tell them the truth of the Word of God. Be ready to give an answer of the reason of the Yes, sir, to be ready to give that an answer. And so how, Brother Todd, can we defend the deity of Christ? How can we pull somebody to our side and prove to them that their salvation, their Savior, their gods, it don't work? Right. We cannot teach another Christ. We want the Christ, the Jesus of the Bible. And and I want to uh, divide a few things up here quickly. You know, the Muslims would say, well, Jesus never ascribes deity to himself. Only his followers said that. Well, I'm going to prove to you from Scripture, and so I'm going to give a biblical defense of the deity of Christ, not just those that testified of him as the Son of God and God the Son, but he himself. So in John 1, the Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Yes. And the Word was God. And so that takes care of the idea that he's not God. Verse 2, The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So that takes care of the false doctrine that Jesus is a created being. You can't be created and be the creator at the same time. The Bible says, in him dwell all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. We read in Mark chapter number 2, it was noise that Jesus was in the house. And so that paralytic man was let through the roof by his four friends and Jesus looks at him and said, what? He said, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Right. The Pharisees, there's a big group of people gathered around. The Pharisees are looking in there. Their eyeballs fall on the floor, and they're like, you just said, what? Nobody has the power to forgive sins but God alone. But watch what Jesus said. He said, I am come to show you that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. In other words, I am he. And that's something we need to understand about the Hebrew is that we often interpret scripture as like the son of man is his truly man side, the son of God is his God side. But the Pharisees and the, the Hebrews, when they heard him say that he was the son of man, they realized that he was ascribing deity to himself. Who can forgive sins but God? He said, the son of man has come to show you that he can forgive sins. And so uh, that's why, in fact, Jesus 
you know, had to escape after that is because they wanted to stone him for blasphemy because they knew he was ascribing deity to himself by being able to forgive sins over in John chapter 9. And then also that at the triumphal entry, all the people with their palm branches are saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna to him who comes to take our sins away. And the Pharisees look at Jesus and they're, Hearest thou what these say of thee? And Jesus, I love what Jesus says. He says, if these would hold their peace, then yep. the rocks will cry out. Right. In other words, if they don't, if they don't declare me as the Messiah, if they don't declare me as God's son and the son of God, then the rocks will declare it because they know who their creator is. The rocks know. Over in John chapter number nine, Jesus heals a blind man and, uh, you know, that happened on the Sabbath day, and so the Pharisees wanted to question him, and they said, who is it? Who is this that healed you? And he said, I don't really know who healed me, but I love what he said. This thing I know, I was blind, but now I see. Well, eventually they got tired of arguing with this guy because they didn't have an answer for it. Uh, they didn't have an answer, and so they threw him plumb out of the synagogue, and Jesus was waiting on him. And Jesus asked him this. He says, Dost thou believe in the Son of God? The man replies, Who is he? Who is he, Lord? And Jesus said this, I am he. Jesus described himself as the Son of God, as God the Son. Dost thou believe in the Son of God? I am he. In John chapter 10, where Jesus speaks of being the door and being the good shepherd, uh, they accuse him, you know, of, of blasphemy because he says he's the son of God. But watch what Jesus says in John 10, 36. Say ye of him whom the Father has sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest, because I said, I am the son of God. Jesus is saying right there that he said he was the son of God. It doesn't get any plainer than that. Of course, you have that where they were talking about the temple and and Jesus said, one greater than the temple is here and it'll be destroyed in three days and it'll arise again. And uh, like 50 and eight years, this temple has been in building and you're going to right. you're going to rear it up in three days. And they're talking about Abraham and and Jesus said, well, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And they said. What do you mean he rejoiced? You're you're not even 50 years old, and how do you know Abraham? And Jesus said what? He said, before Abraham was. I am. I am. <laughs> and the last time the last time something that like that was said, it came from a burning bush. When God was speaking to Moses, when Moses asked, Who do I tell them sent me? I am that I am. And Jesus said, Before Abraham was, I am. And so Matthew 17 is another example. The voice of God speaks to Peter, James, and John on Mount Transfiguration, and he said, This is my beloved Son, yes. in whom I am well pleased. Another Hear picture ye of Trinity him. working. Absolutely, absolutely. And then we have some of his followers. We have Peter confessing him and saying, Lord, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. You have Nathaniel confessing him. Lord, thou art the king of Israel. Thou art the son of God. That's in John chapter 1. Thomas declared him and confessed him as my Lord 
and my God. But I got to say my personal favorite is probably when Jesus crossed over and got to the land of the Gadarenes and out, out of the tombs came this wild man that no man could bind. And those demons in that man cried out and said, I know thee who thou art, thou holy one of God. Yeah. <laughs> Have you come to torment us before the time? And so even the devil will declare that Jesus is the Son of God and God the Son. Philippians chapter 2 says this, and I would say this, and I would ask this simply of all of these other religions, if perchance there's ever one of these other religions that listens to this podcast and have a high opinion of Jesus. Again, it matters not just that you believe in Jesus, but what you believe about Jesus. But if you have a high regard for Jesus, then I would read to you Philippians 2, 5. Let this mind be in you, right. which was also in Christ Jesus. If you have a high opinion of him, why don't you think what he thinks? Well, here's what it says he thinks. Who being in the form of God, right. thought it not robbery to be equal with God. And so I would say this to our Muslim friends who say, well, we love Jesus, but we just don't believe that he is God the Son, that he is that he is deity because that would mean polytheism. Well, I would just say to you, well, if that's blasphemy like you claim or the Jehovah's Witnesses or whoever else, you know, if that's blasphemy for him to claim deity. You can't have a high opinion of him. Right, and equality uh, with God. Think about it this way. If that was blasphemy, then Jesus would be in hell with the devil right now. Because what did the devil, what did Lucifer, son of the morning, say? He said, I will, I will be ascend. Like, I'll be like the Most High. There it is. I will be like the Most High. I will be equal with God. I will so exalt hell, my throne. Yes, above the stars. And so he says, I will be equal with God. And that's why hell was created. So right. if, if Jesus is not equal with the Father, then he'd be in hell with the devil because that would be considered blasphemy. Let that mind be in you. You mentioned that he thought it not robbery to be equal with God. That's the hypostatic union of Christ. Sure. That Christ's divine nature and human nature. He was fully God and also fully man. That becoming a man did not cause him to be less God. And being God did not cause him to be less man. And, you know, we can talk about how he was not split in half. He wasn't a schizophrenic. He didn't have two personalities, but a perfect hypostatic union. He thought it not robbery to be equal with God. And, you know, we can read here in the Word of God in John chapter 5 where it talks about the Father worketh hitherto and I work. And then he goes on to say, but it said also that God was his Father, making himself equal with God. And you know, if the Father and the Son are the same person, as some doctrines may teach, Paul would have had to say that Jesus was equal to himself. Right. Yeah. Well, that would just be ridiculous. But we know that Jesus knew he was equal with the Father and the Holy Ghost. Paul knew Jesus was equal with the Father. Jesus was equal with the Father and the Holy Ghost. And the Jews admitted that Christ claimed equality right. with the Father. And the Holy Ghost. That's why they considered it blasphemy, is because he claimed that deity, equality, with the Father. 
And so I think it's safe to say that when we talk about the hypostatic union of Christ, that we must understand when we read scriptures throughout the Bible, we must take in context of what Jesus is talking about. And when you read stuff like John 14 and 28, and I'll just say this and we'll move on, where he talks about the Father is greater than I, well, he just said he thought it not robbery to be equal with him. So how can you be equal and less at the same time? And so when you think of that scripture, it's all we got to do is keep in mind and keep in context that when Christ is talking, he's talking in that hypostatic union. He's talking as a man, but also God. And as a man, he is less, but as God, he is equal. Just another example that comes to mind when he's in the garden, he says, let this cup pass from me as a man, but as God, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. He yeah. wanted that cup to pass as a man, but as God, he knew right. this is the way. He became obedient unto death, right? Even yes. the death of the cross. And so in that hypostatic union, uh, maybe you just add, is just that in in the sense of less, it's it's a submissive. Yeah. He submitted. It All it does is speak union. of the unity of the right. Godhead. He submitted in that unity. That's if you all strip that is. the Godhead of unity then it becomes multiple gods. Sure. That obviously, what we've already stated, is false. Wherefore God hath also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things the in angels, earth, men and things under the demons, earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. And so we will declare him as deity now or, or later. we'll do it later, but we will all declare that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is God the Son. And, and so the most important thing we have got to know is the deity of Christ. And like I said, we hit just mere highlights of this today. But one of the most neat, the, the most needed doctrine that we need in this hour and is being attacked on every hand we have got to know who Jesus is. If we don't have Jesus right, we can't have God right. It's right. just as simple as that. And there was a comment we made in jest in our last recording that, uh, you know, doctrine is boring and all of this. And, boy, I hope people don't feel that way. Uh, because at the time of this recording, just two days ago, uh, we, have, we have a prison ministry at the Lebanon Correctional Center here and uh, just two days ago, I preached a message in the prison about the deity of Christ. And I watched, and to God be all the glory. I'm only saying this so that God gets all the glory. We watched 11 of those prison inmates come forward for salvation during a message about the deity of Christ. And one of them, I was preaching about all of these false religions and things of that nature. One of them was a Muslim that came forward and declared to the glory of God the Father that Jesus Christ wow. is Lord. That's awesome. Man, I'm telling you, I feel that thing. Listen, I'm telling you, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. That's what we need in this last day and hour. And the Holy Ghost will sanction good doctrine, and there is no better doctrine than Christ as the Son of God and as God the Son. I'll tell you what, preaching on the deity of Christ ought to just make your body move. 
It ought to, it ought to get your legs a moving, your arms a moving. It ought to get your mouth saying hallelujah. Make a Pentecostal out of a Presbyterian hallelujah. <laughs> because I'm telling you, if you can't shout on the deity of Christ, I, I don't know. I really don't know what to say about that. Well, there's a lot we said and there's a lot we could have said, but I guess this is a good place to stop 43 plus minutes into this episode. Hopefully we didn't confuse nobody and hopefully people maybe learned something, hopefully. Well, man, I just appreciate, Brother Austin, the opportunity again. Man, happy 100th episode to you, and it's been a privilege to be a part of a few episodes. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today, Brother Todd. And I told you it's the beginning of the podcast. Stay tuned for a big special announcement here today on the podcast. So... Well, as we close this episode of the podcast today, this might be our longest episode yet. First of all, I want to say that I have enjoyed doing this podcast. We have, uh, we've really had some great times with some great friends. And, you know, shout out to one of our one-year episode there, number 66, where we picked out some great moments from our first year. That was a lot of fun putting together that episode. And, uh, you know, back around the late summer of 2021, I had this idea of starting a podcast. And podcasts were not very common amongst the independent Pentecostal holiness people at that time. And uh, our favorite podcast at the time was Pod and Me, and it was on. And uh, I still try my best to listen to it every week. And among a few others, but not very many. And since then, there's been a good number of them started. And I tell you what, the more voices that are speaking the truth out there, the better, as long as they're speaking the truth. And so the burden came on me to use this platform as two young holiness preachers that love to study and preach and talk to combat a lot of the filth that is out there right now against holiness and uh, and those that promote false doctrine. We've seen too many backslid uh, people and they become bitter and we wanted to give anyone that would listen a place to go once a week to to hear the truth about God's word and to hear holiness and other topics like the adventures and odyssey and yes I still listen to it at 31 years old all the time uh, food and music and other topics that are near and dear to our hearts and uh, I truly believe that we have achieved that goal um, but I, I shouldn't put this off any longer, but get to the meat of the episode and uh, do a little bit of explaining right here. And we've had a plethora of topics, a ton of interviews, a lot of fun. We've had a lot of stake debates and uh, pray for Brother Zach. He's still wrong. Brother Mark's still wrong. <laughs> they like that well done stuff. Oh, anyways, we've got Hankology. That was a great episode and so many other things. And uh, September 27th of 2021, Zach and I released our introductory episode. And one year and eight months and a hundred episodes later, this is going to be our last episode. I hate to even say that. 
I'm not going to say final episode uh, because I stated in the title a farewell for now because I am contemplating using this same platform, probably the same name again, hopefully in the future. But the schedules of Zach and I have put us in a very difficult position that we have got to take a break from this podcast until further notice. Uh, we have told our audience we do a lot of pre-recording, which makes it difficult to uh, stay recent in content and also to stay on top of feedback. And some topics we can't address because we don't know when we when each episode will be released. And we change the schedule a lot. And Zach and I actually haven't even recorded in a long time. He's hinted to me for a long time that he's no longer interested in recording. And uh, he may tell you I kicked him off, but. I assure you, he's he's quit several times, and I had to get him back on here. And uh, but we do have a lot of things, and uh, to try to get a, together and record a ton of episodes at once is really hard. And it's it's hard to stay interested in it when you do four or five or six episodes at one time. And uh, you know, I alone, I've done a lot of this work behind the scenes on the road, even to the point of recording in my car several times. You probably didn't even know it. There was one time I was tw- I had to drive twenty minutes out of the way because my motor home where I was at, I didn't have nowhere to record. I didn't have no cell phone service. And you know, I I've enjoyed it. I don't regret it. And, uh, this has been such great experience to us to join the podcast world, put out holiness content, but it has became very clear that Zach and I together as the two P's, the host of this podcast can no longer record due to our schedules. i we've said it before. I work of the night. He works of the day. And our time together is very limited, just like this this week right here as I'm recording this here in the middle of May. I came home for a week. In that week, um, I've preached four different places. We had our annual meeting Friday and Saturday, Mother's Day Sunday, preaching uh, last night. I'm leaving tomorrow. No time to record. And what time we do have together, we're trying to make memories as our 10 kids are playing together. And it's just, we're just too busy for this podcast. And uh, also trying to get guests on here is very hard. So many people are so busy. And the last thing I want to do is become a burden to people. And, uh, you know, I was told by a great podcasting friend of ours that the average uh, podcast only lasts seven episodes. And here we are sitting here recording number 100 right now. And uh, I believe we've done something neat, fun. Hopefully a blessing a blessing to you, and uh, I can assure you this has not been a hasty decision. Uh, this is something that's been coming for some time, and uh, we do apologize, but it is what it is. And uh, I sought advice from the great and humble Potterator over at Pod Me, and uh, how to approach this last episode. And I thank him for his advice. And uh, we don't want to leave our listeners in the cold, not knowing why we quit and uh, and stopping so fast as we have and. But I feel it necessary to share with you some of the struggles that we're going through and also our future. Uh, Zach and I will probably never be on this podcast again together as a regular host. Although when when the moment comes, I may reboot this thing in the future. And if Zach's willing to come on, we may have him on from time to time. And I want to thank him for Zach's contributions, his time, his effort, his money to help us get going and his heart that he put into it. And uh, we started out with our church microphones and the soundboard for several episodes, and 
as we experimented and you know it doesn't matter how talkative you are when you get in front of a mic and it's just you and uh the wall trying to start a podcast it's, it's difficult and uh but there uh our episodes are still uploaded on the podcast platform all the way back to the uh, beginning uh, we went half and half on this equipment and it's been so fun a learning journey and uh you know when we started this i was parked at the home church a lot more COVID had still messed up our schedules a lot. I was home more than I am now. But as COVID is seemingly disappearing off the scene and schedules are back to normal and just the busy, busy everyday life, we've just found this podcast near impossible to keep going. Uh, this episode right now is the last one I have in my arsenal. And uh, and so I don't have nothing else pre-recorded. I threw everything out there that I already had. So I just want to say right here, a big thank you to Zachary Cordell for his words of wisdom and all he'd done with me on this podcast. I would have never done this had he not jumped on board. So I want to thank him for all his contributions. This is just me. This is the best I can do. So thank him for all he's done. And uh, like I previously stated, I'd love to return to this platform in the future, but I have no desire really to do this alone. It's, it's kind of awkward and uh, trying to interview somebody all the time is kind of difficult. And in the future, Lord willing, I'd like to be in a more stable environment and uh, maybe another host that I can be with all the time and uh, when a schedule is not so crazy. And uh, But anyways, we uh, apologize for this abrupt announcement. Probably caught most of you off guard. And, uh, and we hope that you're not too upset. I mean, I know you're upset. You're not going to hear our voices every Tuesday. Okay, I'm just kidding. But we do apologize. We started off with great intentions. In fact, my podcast notes on my phone are still there. I've still got content. I've still got doctrinal stuff we ain't even got to yet. I've got names of people I'd like to interview and topics and questions. I got some more top fives. I was going to do some more name that odysseys and is that in the Bible. He's going to do all kinds of different things um, and keep going. But So this decision is not made. I assure you, it is not made because of a lack of content. And anybody that knows me personally at all knows I have never been at a loss for words. Uh, it's just solely made on scheduling conflict and time. Uh, we are not stopping because we're stumped. We're not stopping because we're running away from questions, so don't even think that. Uh, we're not stopping because we're scared of debate. We're not stopping because we've had uh, feedback that's come against us and now we're scared. No, that's not it at all. We don't care to proclaim truth. We've been doing it for 100 episodes. Um, but we do apologize that some of the topics we still haven't got to. We apologize if there's some questions we still haven't answered. And uh, this decision has been made a long time. I made this decision a long time ago. I've just put it off many times. And uh, today's the day. Today's the day. And uh, my wife says I'm terrible at repeating myself. And she's right. So I need to wrap this up. And uh, so I don't do that. So lastly, I want to say a great thank you and uh, to every person, to every pastor, to every youth pastor, every evangelist, every friend. Thank you so much for every single one of you that have listened, everyone that's studied, everyone that's came to this podcast to an input your words of wisdom, encouraging the saints, bringing content and speaking truth. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
I guess also thank you to Mark White's expert advice, even though it's wrong sometimes, on his favorite subject of food. So y'all just forgive him. Oh, and don't forget Seth Coward's Hankology. <laughs> to everybody that drove the steak debate that ran for so long throughout all the episodes, thank you for that feedback. And, uh, you know, just keep praying for Zach. He's eating well done. Pray for him. Bless his heart. Pray for Seth. So he wouldn't be worried about his preaching image so much when he irons his hankies. Pray for Mark White. You know, he really has an addiction to catch up. It could be a serious issue. So you know what? I'm on here, so I can do it. I can say what I want. Good food is being ruined on a daily basis because he won't pray through on ketchup. All right, I'm done. Finally, I am done. I don't want to be done, guys. I really don't want to be. I want to come back on here someday, but I just don't want to do it by myself. I just explained everything to you. I've just I've got to take a break. At the least, I've got to take a break through the summer, at least about three months. I'm going to pray about this podcast. I'm going to pray that God would have his way and lead me in what to do, however he wants me to do. I believe this is very important, and so don't hate us. Just understand. And uh, finally, I'm done with this last episode, and it is it's bittersweet, I guess. It's bittersweet. I, uh, not having to worry about recording weekly for now on will be better for us, but it is going to be very sad not to see another episode go out every Tuesday morning. Um, all these episodes, they'll still be uploaded where they've always been. If you want to listen to them more than once, they'll still be there. If you want to tell somebody about the podcast, they'll have a hundred episodes to listen to. You can also listen to our music, Kelly and Zach, Vanceburg Holiness Choir, there's over 600 sites. All that's on almost every music platform. If you'd like to send us feedback, our, our podcast email will still be active at 2 piece 21 at yahoo.com. T-W-O-P-E-A-S-2-1 at yahoo.com. And uh, this is all. This is all for the 2 Ps on a Pod podcast with Austin Griffiths and Zachary Cordell. I'm signing off after one year, eight months, a hundred episodes, and a lot of fun. We hope you have a great day, and hopefully I'll be back on here somehow with someone someday. Peace out, everybody. <laughs>